Welcome to your favorite Thursday podcast. I'm Nick Mitchell. And I'm Scott Tedford Barnes. And you are listening to Legends of Sportsball, an educational celebration of useless jock knowledge. Thank you for joining us. We have a very special episode today, don't we, Scotty? Mm-hmm. You betcha. Uh, June 30th is National Handshake Day. Do the handshake. Yeah, we just did an actual handshake in real life in celebration. So we'll do our scoreboard stumper. We'll do our flex seal. We've got three notable Jabra. Well, four kind of, but two at the same time. Uh, Hall of Fame inductee, Ron Washington. We'll get our scoreboard stumper answer. We'll play Chasing the Mendoza line. We'll go to church. We've got a shampoo. And we'll send you on your merry little way. So without further ado, hit me baby one more time with that scoreboard stumper, Scotty. All right. Weird. We're going to go with bowling for Stumper today. Bowling. We're on a roll. Yeah. Let's go. Let's let's keep rolling. All right. I want to know <laughs> I want to know in competition what is the record for the most consecutive strikes bowled? Wow. 40, 44, or 47. I'm going to go with my boy Johnny Cueto, 47. All right. Let me some Cueto. All right, we'll get that stumper answer later. Moving on to Flex Seal of the Week. The super strong waterproof tape. That can instantly patch, bond, seal, and repair. Each week, we recognize a franchise transaction that in no way fills the needs of the organization. This week's Flex Seal of the Week is Russell Westbrook, Los Angeles Lakers, who elects to pick up he he decides to not exercise the option on his contract. Oh no, yeah, he's he's exercising his option on the contract, which is to stay in L.A. for the price tag of forty-seven point one million dollars. So the Lakers have been flex sealed by yeah. one of their own players. <laughs> They've sealed flex sealed their own fate, as it would as it would have it. Um, that sucks. Yeah, how much is it? Forty-seven point one million. Uh, it's just for a guy who got booed and called Westbrick, and then couldn't handle the heat, and it's just a huge letdown for the Lakers last season, who only finished with thirty-three wins. Let's let's take another look at that. Thirty-three yeah, for wins. The guys down the roster. That's pretty weak. Yeah, you're spending forty-seven million on, on this guy. Well, I guess that contract was off of his MVP season in uh, two thousand seventeen, but still, whatever. All right, well, as usual, perfect segue to our next uh, segment, Notable Jabronis. Um, first Notable Jabroni, we're going to Formula One. Yeah. So we're all over the place today. <laughs> uh, Nelson Piquet. Yeah. Uh, racial slurs. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely, right? Um, the 69-year-old Brazilian. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Just, nice. Yeah. <laughs> to paint a picture. Uh, he's a kind of a Formula One legend. He used a derogatory term using the N-word to describe Lewis Hamilton, who right now is the three-time Formula One world champion. <laughs> so, well, Lewis Hamilton is just a badass right now. So, <laughs> Yeah, he's jabronizing. Yeah, he's jabronized Louis Piquet. Um, he said there's plenty of time to learn. Time has come for action. <laughs> <laughs> so, Louis Piquet, get 
fucked. <laughs> Nelson Piquet, we're done with you. <laughs> yeah, we did. That's yeah. how done with you we are. Yeah, we, we don't, don't even. We're not even going to say your name right. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, next noble jabroni. Um, uh, Terry McLaurin. Um, <laughs> Terrence, uh, wide receiver for the Commanders. He uh, voluntarily resigns with the team. <laughs> There's no gun to his head. <laughs> there was um, plenty of places to go. Remarkably, signs with just this horrible team when he's, I mean, one of the best wide receivers in the league. Up there with Chase Claypool. Yeah. I care more about <laughs> yeah. I care more about Terry McLaurin's needs than the entire commander's organization at well, all. Maybe you should be his agent then, because I don't think his agent is looking out for his best interest. I want to see him flourish, and um, instead I'm going to see his career be dampened by existing there in D.C. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean... He's one of the top top paid receivers in the league now. Yeah, what a so good for him and getting getting paid. Yeah. But yeah, but that's a jabroni move, McLaurin. We still love you, but <laughs> total jabroni move. Yeah. All right, last and yeah, last last noble jabroni. Uh, <laughs> it's two. It's a two. A two timer. A double barrel jabroni. Double barrel jabroni. It's <laughs> it's uh, Andrew, Adrian Peterson and Le'Veon Bell, two former NFL running backs have agreed to compete in a boxing match. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, have a good time taking each other it out on each other that you can't work in the NFL anymore by punching each other. It, it's going to be a good look. I mean, uh, Adrian Peterson's 37 and, and Le'Veon Bell's 30. <laughs> so what, what's the, what, do you, what do you think here? I know. I know you think that that gives Le'Veon Bell an advantage, but... Le'Veon Bell is 30, but he'll be high as shit, so his reaction time will be slowed. Plus, Adrian Peterson's been practicing on his kids for years. Yeah, but all he has to do, all he has to do is imagine that Le'Veon Bell is one of his kids, and it's over. <laughs> so, but I'm more excited to see what shitty music Le'Veon Bell comes out to, because you know it's going to be his own. <laughs> yes. Which one of his rap songs? I will, I will tune in for that. <laughs> all right. AP and Le'Veon Bell, we're done with you. I think Le'Veon Bell's been uh, jabbernized several times on this. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, he's up there. All right. Moving on to our Hall of Fame inductee, Ron Washington. Ronald Lewis Washington was born April 29th, the day after my birthday, 1952, in New Orleans, Louisiana. In July of 1970, when Ron was just 18 years old, he was signed as an infielder by the Kansas City Royals and immediately attended the Royals Academy. Located on 121 acres of land just southeast of Sarasota, Florida, the Royals Academy goal was to develop athletes into major league caliber ballplayers for the organization. In four years of operation, the Academy produced three players that would eventually make it to the majors. UL Washington, not of any relation to Ron, Frank White, and of course, Ron Washington himself. Good old Ronnie boy. Ron did not enjoy immediate success and would spend nearly 10 years in the minors between the Royals, Mets, and Dodgers farm systems. He also spent various seasons in the Mexican Pacific League and would finally receive a September call-up with the Dodgers in 1977. Washington went 7 for 19 at the plate, but he would not return to the majors until 1981 with the Minnesota Twins. Ron appeared as a third baseman, second baseman, and shortstop over the next six years for the Twins. 
He collected 122 hits in 1982 and hit for a solid average in all his years in Minnesota, but never remained a mainstay on the starting roster. Never got a shot. 261 career lifetime. So Washington would play one season each for the Orioles, then Indians, now Guardians, and Astros before retiring from playing in 1990. As a player, he finished with a 261 average, like I said, with 20 home runs and 146 RBIs. After retirement, Ron immediately went into coaching baseball in the Mets organization for the next five years. He was then offered the job of first base coach for the Oakland A's under his former Astros manager, Art Howe. Ron specialized in developing young infielders, including six-time gold glover Eric Chavez and former MVP Miguel Tejada. Ron's reputation for his ability to work with players, along with his fine-tuned feel for the game and unmatched sense of humor, would earn him the job as the manager of the Texas Rangers in November of 2006. Ron replaced Buck Showalter as a manager in Texas, but immediately had a deal with a Karen in the form of Mark Teixeira. <laughs> a rift quickly formed between the two, and by July of 2007, Teixeira was traded to the Atlanta Braves, but the Rangers would finish 75-87 and 87 in his first year. Not bad. Each year, Washington got more results from his team, developing Ian Kinsler and Elvis Andrews into household names, while acquiring Vlad Guerrero, Nelson Cruz, and Josh Hamilton. Before the 2010 season, Sports Illustrated reported that Ron tested positive for cocaine during the 2009 season, to which he acknowledged using coke as a player and manager, but no longer abused it. The 2010 Rangers wouldn't need an extra boost, compiling a 90-72 regular season record and making Wash the second manager to ever take the Rangers to the playoffs. Hell yeah. Well, Wash and the Rangers would then win the franchise's first playoff series ever over the Tampa Bay Rays, and then 10 days later defeated the Yankees to make it to their first World Series. Rod became the third black manager to make it to the World Series, joining the company of Cito Gaston and Dusty Baker. The Rangers would fall to the Giants in the World Series, but Ron really left his mark on the players that season. Said Ian Kinsler, I just love the way he, he never holds his emotions back, especially when he's managing. He hangs on every pitch, and it's great to know that your manager is in every single pitch and cares that much. The Rangers would return to the World Series in 2011, but would again fall to the St. Louis Cardinals this time. In 2013, Ron passed Bobby Valentine for the most wins as the Rangers manager. But the next year, the Rangers only won 53 games and Oof. Wash resigned. Several media outlets speculated that Ron resigned due to sexual assault allegations, but he announced he had been having an extramarital affair and had stepped down to re reconcile with his family. He oversaw 664 wins and 611 losses as the Rangers manager uh, with four consecutive 90-win seasons and two pennants. Ron returned to the majors as the Oakland A's infield coach in May of 2015. And prior to the 2016 season, was a finalist for the Atlanta Braves managerial vacancy. The Braves went with Brian Snitker, but announced that Ron would be the third base coach. The Braves won the World Series in November of 2021, and Ron finally won a World Series ring at the age of 69. He's really blossoming. A late bloomer. <laughs> Fans of... <laughs> yeah. Fans of baseball are almost always fans of Ron Washington. His infectious sense of humor, teamed with his knowledge of the game and just the right amount of fire, make him noticeable to fans, not just players. 
Currently, Ron's favorite project is Ozzy Albies of the Atlanta Braves. The duo are constantly working on airtight defense, perfect base running, and of course, having fun. Washington's playing career may not have panned out, but he is clearly a leader of men and a master of keeping things loose. Says Brian Snitker, it's special. The guy is a baseball rat. Ron acknowledges that his past cocaine use may hurt him in his chances to become a manager again, but now 70 years old, he'd still loved the chance. For now, Ron Washington will continue to keep the Braves hot from his spot at third base, taking things one pitch and one out at a time with a belly full of laughs. And for that, he is a legend. Truly a legend. Yeah. So Eric Chavez, the, sorry. Oakland A's. Yeah. He won six gold gloves. He gave one of his gold gloves to Wash. And then Wash lost it in Hurricane Katrina. <laughs> Dang. Like, <laughs> ouch. Um, so the thing was, Mark Teixeira started started before the, the 2007 season when he took over the um, Rangers. Washington made a a comment about how he's not always going to keep Mark Teixeira in the game, like just because he's Mark Teixeira. Um, about how, like you know, matchups or what you want to play to, and you you know you need to get other guys playing time. How much you want to rest, guys? Yeah. And like it, it may be late in the game, and he he made a comment about like, oh yeah, like superstars rest too, and um, uh. Then Mark Teixeira and Scott Boris took it the wrong way and immediately got in this like huge thing with Wash about it. So it was kind of like, all right, fine. You cut Mark Teixeira from your payroll and send him somewhere else. And then you get like Vlad Guerrero, Nelson Cruz, Josh Hamilton. <laughs> Josh Hamilton. You already have Michael Young, Ian Kinsler, and Elvis Andrews. Who were all like, and that was like when they were young, like early on in their careers. Yeah. I mean, I thought, I thought that was when Beltre was there, but I guess I was wrong. Beltre went there after he left the Sox. So, um, yeah, Ron Washington. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's really a legend. All right, moving on to Sky Stumper answer. What you got for me? All right, so I wanted to know what the record is for most consecutive strikes bowled in competition for bowling. <laughs> <laughs> Was it 40, 44, or 47? I said, hit me with that Johnny Cueto, 47. You got it right with the Cueto. Yeah. So the, the record belongs to Tommy Golick. It, it was in May of 2010. Um, the thing is... Uh, 47 strikes is more is definitely more than two 300s. He bowled oh, yeah. two 300s back to back and they said that by the time he had completed his second 300 game that most other bowlers had just stopped and were just watching him. Like <laughs> like <laughs> Well, if you ever seen a 300 at any bowling alley, that's what happens. When someone gets yeah, close, oh, yeah. everyone just hovers around. That's like my favorite episode of Malcolm in the Middle. Um <laughs> But uh, the record was 40 strikes, and it was that was set in four, 1986. But uh, he shattered that one. So yeah, it's almost like whoever had 40 was probably like, "Well, he'll break my record," but people people will remember. And then he just keeps rolling strikes, just like a Tommy <laughs> automatic right there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a future inductee. Yeah, if we ever do bowling, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Wonder if John Daly will ever bowl. I don't know. <laughs> he probably <laughs> is a really good bowler. We gotta like Big Earn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Big Earn McCracken. That's right. Um, that's our guy, Bill Murray. Yeah. Um, 
Moving on to Chasing the Mendoza line. Yes. Usually we'll go with top to bottom. Um, we had some people drop off. We're down to five people. All right. And one of them is a newbie. So um, that newbie being Adam Duvall. Oh, Adam Duvall. Page center fielder. Center fielder this year. Um, he's hitting 198 now because he's three of his last 24 with 10 strikeouts. Oof. For a 125 batting average. Yeah, all he does is hit dingers. Yeah. Well, I don't think he has any in the last week, but or two weeks, so we'll see. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, next up, a mainstay, Jonathan Scope. Detroit Tigers first baseman. No change. No change. He's at 195 still. At least he's consistent. He's 7 of 28. Um, in the last two weeks for a 250 average. So, like, he is up overall, but he's yeah. just. He's just treading lightly right now. He's, he's warming up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he's got 200 in his scope. <laughs> All right. And then another I Tiger who's been on every week, uh, Spencer Torkelson. The, the hockey player known as Spencer <laughs> Torkelson. Torkelson, Detroit third baseman. He's, uh, after going up last week, he's down five points to 193. Uh, he's 10 of his last 52 for Ooh. 192 average. You give me the big stats. You give me the big stats like that, it makes me like, makes a bigger shot. Sometimes the, the two week, um, the two week stretch tells more of a story than the one week. In this case, mm-hmm. that would be Torkelson. So. <laughs> this, on this episode of Dr. <laughs> Dr. Torkelson. Um, all right. Uh, another guy who's been on for a while, Trent Grisham. Ugh. Um, San Diego Padres center fielder. Uh, he is up three points from 188. He's five of 20, six strikeouts. So for a 250 average. Yeah, I mean, he also takes the worst picture in all of baseball. When you get your team picture taken, it's the worst. It's always <laughs> the worst. And then you see him and you're like, that doesn't look like Trent Grisham. <laughs> you're like, wait. <laughs> Well, it's always bad when you have more strikeouts than hits. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it was for 250 average, so it brought up his average three points. Imagine having more strikeouts than hits and being stoked about it. Uh, the, uh, the Padres are streaky. I mean, Fernando Tatis has the fifth most vo- votes for the All-Star game, and he hasn't played one single inning this year. <laughs> Whatever, Padres. All right, last and certainly least, uh, Max Muncy. My dude. Funky Muncy. He's at 160 now. All right. Uh, he's five of his last 25 for a 200 average. Uh huh. So 160. He's got a long way to go. Yeah, he, he's he, got a lot of time. He torched the Reds last week for three. Went three for four. Yeah, there was one home run that was um, yeah a monster. Yeah, he just destroyed it. <laughs> All right. Moving on to church. Uh, first, uh, we have our confessional. Uh, we have not been keep. We confess. We have not been keeping up with uh, the Frank Gore story. Yeah, with the with the life and times of Frank Gore, <laughs> which which should just be a segment on this show. But you know, we'll figure it out. Um, so we talked about how Frank Gore, you know, also went into boxing after his NFL career. I'm I'm not ruling his NFL career for being over. You never know with this guy. 
Um, him and Brady are going to win a Super Bowl in like yeah. 20 <laughs> 2025. Um, so Frank Gore um, actually had a boxing match last May and won in a fourth round knockout. So Frank Gore knocked somebody's ass out. In four rounds. <laughs> Imagine this. This isn't even this guy's most famous sport. Yeah. And you're getting knocked out by him in the fourth round. That's got to be rough. <sighs> okay, moving on to thoughts and prayers. Uh, Tony Siragusa. Uh, Ravens legendary nose tackle dies at the age of 55. Um, they're saying either had something to do with his weight loss or sleep apnea. There's a lot. It's all rumors right now. He never made it to a Pro Bowl, but he was integral in their uh, Super Bowl runs of the Ravens in like 99, 2000. Absolutely. His on-air personality was sparkling. Tony was one of the best people you wanted to have. He used to be like your, their sideline reporter for uh, Fox's Game of the Week. And yeah, I thought he, I'd never seen him He'd just getting his hilarious shit down there. Yeah. Um, Goose was the man. Yeah, uh, what a fun guy. One of my favorite, uh, I mean, I, I shared it between us. I shared it on Facebook, but it's one of my favorite quotes from Tony. Um, he said about choosing colleges. He said, if I wanted to learn a school song, I would have gone to Notre Dame or Penn State. I want I want to kill people on the football field. That's why I came to Pitt. And I was like, okay. Nice. All right. Nice statement. Love Tony. you, Goose. Thoughts and prayers to your fam. Yeah. Hope you guys find some peace. Okay. Moving on to shampoo. Shampoo. Uh, British tennis player Jody Burridge saves a fainting ball boy. At Wimbledon. Yeah, she she lost her match, but she won the hearts of fans and tennis spectators everywhere. Well, um, she noticed the ball boy was like looking faint and she rushed over to the sideline to make sure he was okay. Um, she first gave him like uh, a water and some nutritional gel that was like in her, her bag. That's like hers. But then a spectator handed over a bag of candy. <laughs> 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 and the ball boy started feeling better. <laughs> so it's a, it's a candy called Percy pigs. <laughs> <laughs> Shampoo to you, Percy pigs. <laughs> and Burridge said, um, uh, just tried to get him some sugar, gave him a Gatorade and gel. The gel is not the nicest thing. Thing. So they managed to find some Percy pigs somewhere along the line in the crowd. Um, when he got down and then started to feel better, um, and she said, "She said, I, you know, I, I do love a Percy pig myself. So <laughs> I get it. If I ever start fading, like I'm gonna yell out, I give me a Percy pig. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, EpiPen, get me some Percy pigs. <laughs> get this out of my face. We've got some candy. Percy pigs, the official candy of Legends of Sports Ball <laughs> <laughs> of Wimbledon, of Wimbledon tennis. All right, don't forget to subscribe to our weekly podcast and check out our other episodes available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and more. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Legends of Sports Ball. You can also find us on Twitter at L Sports Ball. That's at the letter L Sports Ball. Make sure to become a member of our Facebook group, The Best and Worst of Sports Twitter, a subsidiary of Trevbook, to join the conversation and revel in sport in real time. Tune in Thursday, July 7th, as we induct Mountaineer Junka to buy. Yeah. Thank you once again for listening to Legend of Sports Ball. May the sports be with you. Always. <laughs> <laughs>